The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. In Gaza and Israel, at least 1,500 dead. Hamas with 130 Israelis as hostages in Gaza, perhaps some of them dead. Gaza itself under siege, electricity, water, food supplies cut off by Israel. It looks like things will get a lot worse before they get better. I'm joined by Duncan Bullivant, who was special advisor to the head of the Bosnia Peacekeeping Mission, part of the UK mission to Kosovo in 1999, and currently CEO of the Henderson Group, an international risk management advisory. Duncan, good morning. Good morning. Uh, This is a horrific situation, Um, all too predictable, I suppose, once we saw the scale of the attack by Hamas on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it really is an unprecedented uh, attack regarding its scale and also the way in which it seems to have been planned without anybody finding out uh, ahead of of times, um, which really has begged the question, you know, was, was the Israeli uh, intelligence community asleep at the wheel on this? Uh, did they have any prior knowledge of this? And I think there's a big question, apart from the dreadful shock and, and anger in Israel today, is the question is, you know, what has been going on here over the last few months? Because Israel has been racked and divided by very unpleasant internal um, political disputes, which may well have taken uh, the, the people's eyes off the ball. So there are big questions being asked in Israel today. The uh, suggestions have been made in some quarters uh, that the intelligence agencies knew there was something afoot, but the Netanyahu cabinet were not interested. Well, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of theories coming out over the, over the next few days, weeks and months. I mean, let's not forget the Netanyahu administration is not, is, is, is not a, a normal political administration. There's a lot of allegations of bribery. There's a lot of re- regard that, that some of his ministers are regarded as barely competent. It's, it's, it's not Israeli's finest political uh, leadership f- uh, at all. So with that as a backdrop to all this, um, a diversion of this type, and I'm not suggesting for one moment that the Israeli government would have allowed this to happen on this level, on this scale, because it's unprecedented. But maybe they were distracted or maybe they felt that, that, that some form of attack would, prov- would provide a distraction, but nothing on this scale. This, this, is, this is completely unprecedented. Uh, the, the, the question of the makeup of his cabinet, uh, there are, uh, I think, Ehud Olmert, I saw him last night on Channel 4 News talking about the uh, a messianic cohort in his cabinet of extreme right-wingers uh, who would do for the Palestinians if they could. Um, that, that uh, you know, such a cabinet is not a particularly stable one. No, it's not. And I, and I think the problem is that, you know, that then the di- that this is the dilemma. And that is that, you know, what is Hamas trying to achieve with, with, with this attack? Well, one of the, one of the objectives that would, fit, that would work very well for them is, is a massive Israeli overreaction. And that would provide them with, with, with the political capital that they need. And it would also disrupt a lot of the negotiations that are going on between Israel and, and Saudi Arabia at the moment, and perhaps talk about that in a bit more mm-hmm. detail later. But, but I think I think the issue now is that Hamas knows that within Netanyahu's cabinet there are going to be a significant number of people sitting around the cabinet table who want to invade Gaza. They want a full scale invasion and to push the Palestinians into the sea. There is that. There is that mentality, and and those voices w- will be aired. It it it. You know, one hopes that voices such such as the United States and others can pull them back from from overreacting, but it remains to be seen at this stage. 
Uh, the, the question of a ground invasion, though, uh, Israel uh, got a bloody nose uh, when it went into Gaza before. It's not easy. Um, it's home territory for what remains of the Hamas forces, and we don't know how uh, many of the targets uh, claimed by Israel were, in fact, Hamas militant operatives. Um, but very difficult. There would be massive Israeli loss of life, no matter how well armed they are. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a very difficult situation for the Israelis. That is, that is probably the biggest understatement, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to make for the next few years. But the reality is that, as you, as you say, Gaza is, 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 is a hostile environment. The more Palestinian civilians that are killed in, 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 in the, over the next few days and weeks drives more and more Palestinians towards Hamas. Hamas has about 60% popular support in Gaza. It, it, it is not a fringe organization. It's very easy for Western nations to sit back and call these organizations terrorist movements or terrorist organizations and try and sideline them. Hamas is central to the political and, and armed rebellion within, within, within Gaza. So they're not going anywhere. You've also, you've also got an, an issue here, which is as the Israelis move, move into Gaza, so, and as, as more and more Palestinian civilians are killed, which is an, an inevitability and fits, would fit very nicely into Hamas's playbook, is that, is that political pressure and diplomatic pressure will be mounted externally. Saudi Arabia has already issued a statement saying that it, it is really concerned about the life of Palestinians. It's not, it's not in any way condoning Hamas's actions, unlike the leadership of Tehran, I should, of, of Iran, I, I should say. But it is, not, it, is not con, it is not condoning Hamas, but it is offering concern for the Palestinian people. Saudi Arabia has always underwritten and has always been the, the main, the main um, supporter of Palestinian rights in, in, in the region. And at Saudi Arabia is key to a lasting peace settlement in the region. So actually now, Israel, the ball is in Israel's camp. And I'm not in any way suggesting that Hamas had any legitimacy in what they're doing. But the ball is now very much with the Israelis. How they play it over the next few days and weeks is, is going to be key to, to stability, peace and stability in the region for decades. The uh, plan, if it was a plan by Hamas to force the Israelis into overreacting and, uh, you know, more images that will go global, that will bring sympathy to the Palestinian cause and particularly the, those in the Gaza Strip. That is incredibly cynical if that's what they set out to do. It's incredibly cynical, but actually you've got to then ask yourself, well, what other objectives did they have other than, other than killing Israelis or killing, killing citizens of every nation? Um, who happened to be attending a, a music festival, killing Israelis, taking hostages. What else are they trying to achieve? This is a very complex operation. It's, a very, it's, a, it's an operation that has been in the planning for months. It would appear that the, that the fighters they used were trained separately and had no idea of their objectives. And there's no doubt that Israel will have captured some of them. And, and it's, it would appear that this, this operation was planned meticulously. The security around this operation was much more than you would, put in, you would put into an operation that was simply seeking to capture a few hostages. Why are they trying to do this? They've obviously got a major objective. Who funds Hamas? Iran. What does Iran stand to lose if Saudi Arabia, the, the UAE and Israel 
continue to drive together and, and build a, re a regional consensus, Iran stands to lose a lot because all three of those nations ultimately regard Iran as an, as an outlier. Yeah. The, Ara the, Iranians, the Iranians are losing control in, in the region if that, if that process continues. The Iranians, of course, have denied any involvement in the Hamas operation. They would say that anyway, I suppose. But um, to, to what extent? Now, we, we've seen people gleefully uh, celebrating the Hamas attack on, on Israel. Um, and yet the images that went around the world of innocent people being slaughtered by Hamas and, you know, militant terrorists, call them what you will, uh, exulting gleefully in taking captives and uh, mowing people down. We have heard accounts of children being shot in front of their own parents and so on and so forth. Um, you know, those who were maybe uh, equivocal about Hamas will take a very hard look at them. I think what you're seeing now is, is Hamas has crossed the line in terms of its, its external perception. No, nobody can ever now uh, regard Hamas as a legitimate um, vehicle for, for, for resistance to Israeli, often appalling behavior in, in, in Gaza. They've, they've now crossed the line and they're very much in the ISIS camp. But of course, the problem with that is that when you start equating Hamas with Islamic State, and it, I think that's a fair way, it's a, it's a fair um, way, way to look at the whole situation. You know, they, they have crossed that line. When you start going down that road, you start using the language of war and conflict. And you start regarding Hamas as an organization that is that, that needs to be targeted like ISIS. There's a big difference. ISIS stood alone. ISIS didn't have popular support. So when, when it was decided to dismantle ISIS from a military perspective, which certainly to, 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 you know, to a certain degree, it has been a huge success. You can't do that with Hamas. Because as, as I said, Hamas has about 60 to 65 percent of the popular support in Gaza. So they are, they're integrated with the community. It's a very different set of circumstances. So it, it, it is incredibly complex, as, as is always the case in the Middle East. The Israelis are going to be really tested now over the next few weeks and months. And, you know, there are some very hot heads within that Israeli cabinet. Restraint is probably going to be key. But the big question now is what happens to the hostages? Because that's what, the, that's what everybody's now going to be focused on. Who get, you know, how do we get the hostages out and who are the hostages? And it would appear there are several nations represented. But at the end, at the end of the day, I think the real issue for Israel at, at, at this stage is credibility. They've lost a lot of credibility. How could this have happened on such an unprecedented scale? And actually, and actually what is more important to them? Long-term peace and stability or, or short-term revenge? Now, some of the questions that are raised by uh, the, the readiness of Hamas to conduct these uh, attacks, you know, thousands of, of rockets. And uh, the Israeli ambassador to the UK uh, last evening was saying, you know, the money that they spent on rockets, the money that they spend on tunnels, why don't they spend it on their own people to better their lot? Um, the Israelis also saying when they were accused of almost medieval behavior in putting Gaza under siege and cutting off water and electricity and food, saying, well, you know, they've declared war on us. What country would be supplying electricity and sustenance to its enemy? Um, <laughs> do they have a point? Well, I think I think I think temp, uh, 
that the temperature is very high at the moment and tempers are frayed. And a lot of statements are going to be made over the next few days that perhaps will be shown to have been intemperate. The reality is that, that Israel controls Gaza from an economic point of view. There is a life in Gaza is not easy. And the Israelis have not necessarily gone out of their way to make it any easier over the over the last few decades. So you are dealing with a population that is automatically ill-disposed towards Israelis and in particular towards Jews. Let's call it what it is. So I think you've got a you've got fertile ground here. You know, the stories, fertile ground for recruitment of, of, of militants, the stories that are coming through, the level of atrocity, the level of brutality, this is not one state going to war against another state. This, this is deep-rooted, bitter hatred. How can you, how can you kill children as, as a combatant unless, unless you are driven by an ideology that sees the opposition as anything less than human? That, that's the tragedy and, the, and, and, and the, the issue that's got to be unwound. These militants that were recruited weren't invented in a laboratory. They were recruited from Gaza. They were recruited from the communities, the streets of, of the territory that Israel is now pres- um, proposing to invade to recover some of the hostages that, w- that were taken back and to teach them a lesson. So there are plenty of, mil- there are plenty of replacements for those alleged 1,500 that have been killed um, and bodies recovered in Israel, although we, we have no evidence of that. So I think, yeah, it's, I, I'm not giving you a clear answer to your question because it is so complex. And, and actually, at the, end, at the end of the day, as I said before, the long-term vision is what matters here now, not necessarily the need for Israel to show itself to be strong in the face of provocation. So, where is the honest broker going to come from? Uh, you mentioned Saudi Arabia earlier. They've articulated concern for the Palestinian population in terms of, I, I presume, just basically being able to sustain themselves and stay alive during the, this crisis. But, uh, you know, does Saudi Arabia have the credibility to, to, to be in the middle to try and help sort out this problem? I think if, there, if a regional problem, it's, it is a regional problem. Qatar, we believe, is already involved in trying to negotiate um, the safe passage of, 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 of the, of the um, hostages back. We're not quite sure what the objective of holding the hostages is going to be and, and, what, and what leverage um, the Palestinians, so the the that Hamas element are, are going to demand probably the release of Palestinian prisoners, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays with, with the Israeli population. I don't think that's politically acceptable at the moment. Qatar is, has got a role to play. They have backed every single terrorist organization you can imagine in the region over the years and, and have got relationships with, with most of them. Uh, Saudi is probably the grown-up in the room uh, the UAE will also be part of this. And of course, behind it all, the United States, the US pretty much will, will determine the, the, the direction of travel. And don't forget, there were a lot of Israeli American citizens who have been killed and possibly some taken hostage. So they, they'll have a vote in, in how this plays out as, as Israel's main supplier of, of, of weapons and, and financial support. But I, but I think in, term, in terms of the, the, the longer term issue here, is that Iran controls Hamas, full stop. There's no, there's no debate on that. And at the end of the day, 
you've got to look at what Iran's role is in this and, and Iran's objective. Objectives: Iran does not want rapprochement between the Arab world and the Israelis. Full stop. So, th- so that's the ground you've got to cover to try and manage this situation over the next few weeks and months. Duncan Bullivant, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Duncan is CEO of the Henderson Group and International Risk Managery Management Advisory. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.